I see a thing that's rated. Heard about a thing that's rated. Person, place, a thing will rank anything from sea to shining sea. That thing is overrated, underrated, overrated, underrated, overrated, underrated, rated fairly. so here with a man who once fed a giraffe. Hooty hoot hoot, let's all have a laugh. <laughs> Folks, welcome into another edition of Overrated. Underrated. Or Rated Fairly. And you know, folks, comedy is a funny thing. <laughs> it sure is, <laughs> Bob. And today we're really going to get into some of the, <laughs> the roots of it. <laughs> Can we just stop for a half a second? Yes. And... Call back to our first show about feeding a giraffe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, folks, for those of you who didn't get that opening rhyme, there is the pilot episode way back in our Spotify account. Or uh, if you're listening to the Anchor FM, shout out. Which you should. Which you should. It's Um, easy. Truly underrated. Not turpid. Not turpid. (laughs) But you can go back and uh, and check that out, and you'll find out, um, you know, what the reference to that is. But, folks, uh, there's, you know... Comedy's a great thing. We all we all love a good laugh. Uh, we all love a hysterical laugh. One of my favorite things to do. I, I don't do this by intentions ever, but don't you tell me if you like this. I love it. It's a time where you get overtired, and it's actually better than being drunk because mm. when you're overtired, everything like there's this point in the night where something snaps in your mind, and everything yeah. becomes hysterical. Do you guys know well, what I'm talking I about? I, 100%. I'm thinking Me, about it. My brother and I used to get like this every now and then when we were kids. Like if we were overtired or like just exhausted from a hard day's play or whatever. I used to love getting in this silly, silly mood where something would just kind of like snap. And everything, the most mundane thing, would, <laughs> would suddenly become hysterical. <laughs> I just like how you said hard day of play. <laughs> Listen, when you're a kid, what else is there to do? You're you're not wrong. You're not I'm, wrong. Yeah. I'm trying to remember because like my cousin and I used to get into these moods, right? Where and you you, you kind of get out of control. Oh, it's it's unbelievable. Like we went to go see. It's not a scary movie. It's not a date movie. You know what I'm talking about, right? They had those. Uh, not another teen movie. It's, oh god. It, but it's in the same family, right? Not I'm another trying, ween movie. You know, I think it was called. Don't epic. do it, Bob. Okay. I think it was called Epic. Movie oh, Epic. Or movie yeah 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 and i remember uh my cousin i had gone to see this movie after a long day of play if you will (laughs) no a hard day of play hard day thank you (laughs) long hard what's the difference (laughs) josh keep moving (laughs) either way grazing josh Josh, thrust on no bob no so we had gone to see this movie in theaters uh and this happened to be on a hump day by any chance (laughs) Bob, <laughs> go Josh. <laughs> Why do I have to be the mother here? <laughs> I, I'm telling you, epic movie, not a funny movie. No. But when I saw it with my cousin, Overrated. we could not stop laughing. It was hands down the funniest movie I've ever seen. And yet, when I went back to go see it, it wasn't. And I oh, can, right, right. And I completely agree with you, Bob. When you're overtired... <laughs> comedy just has a way of just hitting you in the yeah. gut harder. And the the more ridiculous the better. Like and and then like you kind of realize you've reached that point and there's no turning back. Like you actually thrive. The only energy you have left in your body 
is dedicated to that pure uh like desire for silliness until yeah. you fall asleep out of sheer exhaustion you crave once you've been bitten you crave that cackle that giggle and there's no turning back well yep. there's a difference between like regular comedy and silly comedy you know and and each one plays a part in my life i'll tell you that much <laughs> I- it wasn't that no, no, funny. A little funny. <laughs> I'm a little confused by it myself. What are you confused about? <laughs> Silliness is when I'm... I was agreeing with you. Silly. No, no, no. Perhaps feeling, feeling silly. The things I've laughed at when feeling silly are not comedy. They're nonsense. Very true. Okay. Very my, true. All right. Pause. My argument is... I'm not even arguing. I don't think so. Argue with us, Tim. All I'm saying is that there's silly comedy and there's regular comedy. Okay, so that's there's what my point that strike was. Strike us as funny, and then there are funny things, and then there are silly things. Like silly things. Uh, okay, well, great I'm example. having a hard time distinguishing. How, how about here. this? Silly things are intentionally funny, whereas comedy is a whole range of it. I'll raise you, Josh. Silly comedy. He's already been raised by fine parents. You raised me oh, he up. Has. So Don't he do can it, do Josh. this podcast. Sil- All right. So I'm going to tell you. Silly comedy. <laughs> Knock it off. All right. Silly comedy is like Mr. Bean comedy. That's silly comedy and it's excellent. Bean. <laughs> right. Bean. It is, I, Bean is pretty silly. And then... Funny comedy is like, you know, our typical like Adam Sandler enjoyment and that kind of thing. Everyone loves the Sandman except the for my wife. <laughs> Why does she not like I the Sandman? I don't know if everyone likes him, but I love him. But do you understand what I'm saying? The differentiation? I, I, Loosely, I, get the I would put it into different terms, but I, I see where you're coming from. There's the, 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 the bean is a, well, that kind of leads us into the opening segment. Okay. There's certain all right, all right. But yeah. it, you, you've brought up a great point, and I'm glad you did. Okay. So, folks. And, and and my great uh, hosts here, co-hosts. They're, they're co-hosts. There are <laughs> there are a lot of um, types of comedy you might find in a uh, in a movie. Um, you might find in a book. You might find in a, in a play. Lots of types. Everything ranging from. Uh, dark. <laughs> As he looks at his phone, <laughs> I wrote these notes down so I wouldn't forget. There's everything from uh, you know your dark humor, your dry humor. Slapstick, satire, situational, stand-up comedy, you mockumentaries, and there's others. I want you to think. Excuse me. Bless you. I, well, thank you. I want you to think about the most uh, the most underrated type of comedy, and uh, and tell me why. So, go ahead. Josh. I'll dive into yeah, yeah. this, and I'm almost positive that Tim is going to follow me down this rabbit hole. Oh, here we go. Because he knows exactly where I'm going to go with this, and. It is by and far what I believe to be the most underrated type of comedy. And it is the blunder comedy. Blunder? The blunder. Give now, me a definition first. Now, the definition of blunder would be anything where there is a uh, an active silliness happening. You're, you're tripping over things. You're doing things to necessarily promote a reaction. Kind of like a know? Monty Python type thing? Very much so. Bob, and, I'm picturing a bean. I'm picturing well, a bean. And, right. and that's that what I'm feel, getting yeah, at, Bean. <laughs> I would feel bean. Bean is the example of a blunder comedy. Three and Stooges. Bean. Three Stooges, exactly. Oh. Now, here's the thing. A blunder comedy does not need dialogue. It just needs uh, silliness and a mild plot. 
And for me, I think anything that doesn't need words to be hilarious is mm. something that is genuinely funny. When when Bean tries to like slide down a slide into a pool and he's like holding on for dear life no. on the side, no. trying to not go in the pool when he has made some type of <laughs> internal decision, you don't need words for that. You right. don't need you don't need clever uh, word play. It's just inherently funny because maybe you've been there. Maybe at one point in your life you've been like, oh, I want to do this, and then suddenly, no, 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 no. It is hilarious and that's why mr bean anytime i watch it gives me a good hearty belly laugh and i agree with what you're saying but i look over at bob and i have a very worrisome feeling that he doesn't like mr Bean. i don't like the blunder comedies i like mr bean i'm gonna say that he's I actually, a blunder comedy I, I think oh yeah and i think mr bean is is funny but i think that as a genre blunder comedy it doesn't do it for me like you brought up some good points, Josh. It's able to tell, it's able to, to, it's able to communicate comedy fine. I don't find it funny. Like I'm not. If I want to laugh, I'm not gonna laugh at the Three Stooges. I'm not gonna laugh at somebody honking a nose and getting and slipping down on a banana. And it's that's just me. I don't laugh it's, during a lot of movies. I, I like laughing with you guys. I like to laugh daily, but movies don't. Movies, and he does movies daily, <laughs> nightly, and ever so rightly, of course. Movies typically don't make me laugh unless they're real funny. Especially blunder comedies aren't going to make me laugh. I, I almost, I hate to say, Josh, I almost consider them a waste of my time. And, and I get it. I understand it. Not, not being, but like a Three Stooges, and well, and here's the thing. Well, I, I think a blunder has to be done right. That I could agree with. I can get behind that. And I understand what you're saying about the Three Stooges. Like, I don't find the Three Stooges that funny. But as far as, like, first of all, I've never heard blunder comedy. But the way that Josh described it, I I do agree that... Blunderstruck! Bean... What? No, not thunder comedy. Blunder. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Josh is gone. So all I'm saying is... The way you described it, it sounds like Mr. Bean to me. It really well, does. That, is it, that, could, it's a could, technical term for what Mr. Bean is. He's could I, been blunderstruck. Oh, no. Could I, could I, <laughs> oh, God. I could, hate it. Could I? Oh, it should not be this funny. <laughs> no, it's not that it's funny. Not. Folks, we may have... Uh, What's that word Josh likes to say? We may imbibed. have imbibed. We may have imbibed a little bit before this cast if you have not been able to pick up. How dare it. you bring up the word imbibed again? You know what? It's it's funny. It's truly funny. Ever since Josh It's truly brought, turbid. Ever, every ever since Josh brought that word up and we like lambasted him because of it, I have heard that word everywhere. So you know what? God. I'm going to start using it. I, Josh, I apologize. I, I actually a, hate it. I have a freaking college degree in this, so just yeah, allow I, me I to apologize. do this. An imbibement? You have a college degree? <laughs> well, who doesn't? <laughs> I've been now, there. Josh, can I circle back to you for one moment? Please. Could you, um, could you talk for a moment about the difference between a blunder comedy and a slapstick comedy? Yes, yes. I'd like to hear that. <laughs> it's... Uh, I would imagine that a blunder comedy tends to lean towards more actions, whereas a slapstick would have a stronger emphasis on dialogue and what okay. I would imagine to be uh, corny jokes, okay. which are my favorite. So still. there's a little bit more uh, <laughs> bit of a narrative to slapstick. Blunder's just like just straight up like. It, well, here's the thing: blunder can be non 
linear narrative, okay. right? And a nonlinear narrative is one that does not need to be uh, sequential in a way, whereas a uh, slapstick HD, a slapstick can build upon. It. I see. So uh, blunders, Mister Bean, a slapstick, your Chris Farley. Absolutely. All okay, right. Yeah. Fair enough. All right, Tim. What do you got? So I know that Josh wants to follow me to follow him. Follow me the, now. <laughs> follow me. Take on the, the temptation. On the blunder. Tim. But I'm going to go a different direction here. And I think you guys will agree with me that this is really my type of humor. And it's it's deadpan or dark humor um, coupled with, like, witty or dry humor. And You're that, taking that, two off the board. That fits for you, though. Like, I, I can see that. I, I see them in the same light. Okay. And, and, and here's what, what I'm saying. Like, you won't even catch this humor in certain movies. Um, okay, I, I'm going to give you an example. Have you guys ever seen Manchester by the Sea with Casey Affleck? Nope. I know of it, but I haven't seen it. So this movie is a very serious movie. Like, it it's, it's deals with some really messed up, like, situations. Sounds hilarious. Right, already. I that Manchester's by Vernon in Connecticut. How dare you? <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> Something flew across the room, and I'm blunderstruck terrible <laughs> so anyways we're gonna lose so many listeners the thing with manchester by the sea and everyone listening is probably like that's not a funny movie that's very serious but you did have you to understand? look did you get the memo and i did podcast i did get the memo um and it's not a funny movie but casey affleck himself is a a kind of actor who has very subtle quips and humors uh with every line he delivers yeah and like i'm one of those people that kind of picks up on that like little like kind of like <laughs> that was funny <laughs> you know like <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i see what he did <laughs> and like um that's not the only one like uh game game of thrones i'm gonna go into here Tyrion lannister has some of Tyr- that dry darker humor i'm gonna go sword with sword of terrible Okay, so, so I keep going. So yeah. Tyrion, I agree with, and like Jamie Lannister, another one who has very subtle, like dry humor, like that he fi- like it's it's the characters that find themselves like funny, you know? Yeah, and I see like what you're they saying. bring it out. Their primary role is a comic relief, right? You, you, to use Game of Thrones as an example, you're not turning to Jon Snow for your typical no belly laugh, but then again, you get a character like Bronn who can come into a scene and he's not known for humor, but it might be a darker type of humor and you see it and you get a solid laugh out of it. And right. And my axe. (laughs) I I guess my point would be by not as subtle. (laughs) It it almost juxtaposes this idea that because he's not a comedy or comedic character, but he's dropping lines of comedy by result. He's more funny. And I think I'm going to encompass this in, in a situation. So it's, it's like, Characters that are in like a serious situation, yeah, but like still find humor out of the serious situation. And that's hard to do in a movie, but like for some reason that just like resonates with me because I feel like in my life I've been in a lot of real crappy situations, but I do find humor out of a lot of them. You know, and, yeah, and, and sure. honestly, that's well, the imbibement's getting to me. Ah, but that, but I truly think that that's the some one of the. The the um secrets of life is find the humor in anything. 
Can I give you an example, Bob, that Abs- you would relate absolutely. to? Absolutely. Larry David. Uh-huh. Yes. Larry David and, and, and Curb Your Enthusiasm. What would you consider that? I mean, that's the kind of observational comedy. It's kind of situational comedy. Um, Josh, can you get on that while Tim's explaining? Because there on might it. be something to that. Yeah, so, I mean, Larry David, it's the Seinfeld type of humor where it's, it's just assassin. like... Yeah, <laughs> where it's like just going through life and finding the situations in life that are funny. You know, like... As as bad as it might be for some people, it's just like some people can't handle it, you know. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. Like that's the whole point. Yeah, of yeah, Curb yeah. Your Enthusiasm, where it's and, just like, and it's not funny to, to Larry David, but it's like the no. it's like seeing the irony, it, uh, ironic in a lot of ways. So the actual term for that is observational. Comedy. Observational, yeah, yeah, and yeah. It, it makes its heyday in observing things that you might not necessarily focus on, but. It is still inherently funny when focused. Yeah, on. it's it's almost like a cynical type of humor. Very much, and and that is for some reason what I resonate with. I don't choose my life, but yeah. this is how I resonate. You well, know, and I feel like you might look at a show like The Office, which is wildly successful for what it does, mm-hmm. as being a workplace comedy. But part of there's being in there's a pieces of observational in there. Yes, definitely. And I'll just play us out simple here to, to save time. Like I think the underrated comedy is the observation. I was gonna say. Um, elements of a dry this is, humor. This is yours that you're this picking here? This is mine. Here? I, I, I was going to say a little bit of the dry humor, which I, I think there's a bit too, like um, dry slash mockumentary. Like I'm thinking office space, things like that, where it's Love it. very deadpan. Spinal it, Tap? It's Spinal Tap. It's very, uh, Spinal Tap's much more of a clear do- mockumentary. If you want to talk about Spinal Tap, you go to our friend Pete. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll t- uh, Pick of Destiny is a little kind of elements of a mockumentary. Okay. Pick! He loves it. <laughs> but, but I'd say more so the dry humor. You know, the Mike Judge stuff. like uh, Sure. Like uh, Office Space. Office Space yep. is an excellent example But Office of Space humor. is a little bit of an outlier. Office Space is a great movie. There's not a lot of movies in the dry humor genre that are really uh, stand out to me that much. So I think that now that we've kind of brought up Curb and, and, and a little piece of The Office and Seinfeld... I think there's really something to be said about the observational humor in mm. that, you know, you, you, you have your um your blunder, which I agree, Josh, if done right, it's funny. Tim, I see what you're saying. There's there's something about that character who can bring you from a, a dark place to a little yeah. sense of light. Yep. But to me, and again, this part of me is just I, I like to laugh throughout the day. Shows don't make me laugh much, but observational do. If I can if I can uh bring myself into something that's happening and be like, oh my God, like they, they caught on to that. They see that. Yeah. And I see someone else in these awkward, you know, these situations and it, it's, it almost reminds me of my day of my routine. Like, and I see these people in these situations handling it awkwardly or, or with, it, it speaks to me and it makes me chuckle. I laugh during the office. I laugh during curb. I, I, I laugh more yeah. during curb than anything. Can I, I yeah, sorry, go for it. Josh. No, 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 go for it, Tim. Can I add to this, Bob? Yeah, please do. Yeah, yeah. I feel like you and I specifically, Bob, we're, we're the type of person that kind of really relates to everyday situations, and we find the humor in everyday situations. Yeah. Like, we talk about this all the time. Yeah. You know, like... And and uh, well, and furthermore, our whole podcast is you could <laughs> make a case for that. We It's... it's <laughs> If we're ranking shit that we see every day, it's pretty <laughs> observational. Right. We might not be pretty true to the genre, but this is all stemmed wow. from things we do. 
This that is... was a powerful statement. <laughs> Welcome to our show, folks. Well said. Well said, Bob. And if this is your first time tuning in, don't get too mind blown. There's more to come. <laughs> there is. This is just the first segment. And this is just my first seltzer. No, it's not, Bob. <laughs> a lie. No, well, sure. actually, that might be your first seltzer. I never said anything about the beers. <laughs> to, I, be <laughs> to be fair. I think that's why shows like Seinfeld have a legacy, right? Because they're based on this idea that it doesn't take much right. to uh, identify the humor in your day. It mm-hmm. can be something as simple as a piece of fruit and its freshness or a, a person who's serving your soup. It's like yeah. you have to you have to be very living in the moment yeah. to, to observe the comedy and recognize it for what sure. it is. And Bob, you, you've swayed me. I am a big fan of the blunder comedy, but you're 100 percent right. It's the observational comedy that is. Uh, truly underrated. Well, Josh, the the thing too is there's a little bit of longevity to it. You know, one of the biggest mysteries surrounding Seinfeld is how is a movie from or no, movie, my God, a show um, from the early '90s and and even you know now thinking about The Office, which uh, ran from the early 2000s till the uh, like 2000, was it 12, something like this. Mm-hmm. At this point, almost going on 10 years old itself. How do these shows still how do these comedies still speak to us 10 20 almost 30 years removed i think there's something to be said about the observational comedy where it's like all right yeah there's you know it's not about the day-to-day um you know pieces is it is it is it current no but the way people are the way people see things and the way interactions have have really not changed that much and seeing these people in these these positions and seeing them squirm in them and being able to connect, yeah. it's it's That's why the we thing move, is connecting. We, to we it, move yeah. on a little bit from the blunder. I, I'm not bashing. It. I think Mr. Bean is hysterical. But you watch your bean, you forget about your bean. You, you see your your comedy True. characters come and go in the dark comedies. You appreciate them when it's over. It's over. There's something about these observational comedies. I always want to go back and watch Curb. I always want to go back and watch a little Seinfeld. I really daily kind of want to rewatch The Office. I, excuse me, I think there's something to be said about the way we connect to it. Well, yeah. and I think comedy has to be relatable yeah. in order for you to actually laugh at it. Yeah. You know, when you look at a bean, it's the unspoken <laughs> moments of your life that you might not share with other people sure. to say, like, uh, amplified. Exactly. Amplified. Like, I've been there, right? But it's And that's sh- what speaks to you. Exactly. It's the shows like The Office where you're like, I've worked with a guy like that. Or yeah. I've worked with a Kevin Malone. Some episodes might have happened to you that very day. Exactly. And when you see something that you can relate to, it is amplified. And I think that's it. The bean is the bean is an extreme moment of your life. Amplified. It's an exaggeration. Exaggerated. hundred percent. Yes. The character you're talking about, Tim, and, and again, nothing against your pick, a very good pick. It's it's the person you know that's able to alleviate the situation. Yes. The observationist is your life in certain moments of the comedy. It's like, yeah, I could see myself in that position. And, I get and it. And that's yeah. why you connect. Is it so much funny? Yeah, but it's also it's the emotion connected to it. It is so much funny. <laughs> it is It is so much funny. Jeez. That's for sure. This is the best analysis I think we've ever done on wow. this show. Wow, <laughs> deep. I, I'm deep. sitting here going, dang. Like, this is a comedy <laughs> podcast, and we got way too deep, But folks. wait a minute. Do you, do you guys... It's salty. I smell Sweet. something, Bob. You know what you smell? <laughs> My bad. What is it? 
It's Uncle John Snack Shack. <laughs> what the hell's that? Bob, <laughs> what do we got for the, the Folks, Snack Shack today? You know, whether going to see a stand-up comic, whether tossing on a great old sitcom, or whether just uh, watching a new comedy movie, one thing we can always bank on, other than a nice cocktail, mm-hmm. is a little bit of popcorn. One you drink know, minimum. You go parts. to the cinemas, you go to the theaters, you watch your comedy. Yeah, first thing you do is you get in line, you order your popcorn. So we're going to take a little break from the serious uh, loophole we went down here, the rabbit hole, I should say. <laughs> And we're going <laughs> to... Loophole. Loophole. Uh, uh, pothole. Uh, what, Ooh, what the hell geez. am I talking about here? Easy rabbit here. hole. <laughs> Loophole, pothole, rabbit hole. And vibe hole. And uh, <laughs> we're going to talk a little bit about some great microwave popcorns. Yeah. So so what's the, uh, the significance of the microwave popcorn in, uh, in comedy, Bob? Well, give me a minute to pour this out here. But uh, Please do. But here's the thing. Like I said, you know, whether you're you're at a, a, a live show, <laughs> Josh takes a bite. Whether you're at a movie or whether you're home watching a comedy, you know, you you kind of go the, your popcorn's your go-to snack. <laughs> and, and, we have four cups. And simply, <laughs> and simply put, honestly, we just haven't taste tested popcorn yet. But um, I I want to do this first. Hang on, but well, you can keep eating. My wife told me after the last one, she's like, you know, I really like the taste, the, the Uncle John Snack Shack, but I, next time I want you to tell me what they are first, analyze them, and then bring it back. Okay. So, guys, we're going to be tasting Act 2, we're going to be tasting Orville Redenbacher, and we're going to be tasting the uh, the Pop Secret. Okay. I'm not going to tell you which one's which, um, but <laughs> you'll probably know at the end. But this first one, what do you got here? All right, so what I look for in a popcorn is, you know... Uh, I'll, I look for a more buttery popcorn myself. By the way, these are all just the um, standard butter in each of these varieties. Okay. Um, and, you know, I, I look for that that salt tinge, if if you know what I'm saying. Well, sure, um, sure. So, <laughs> when I'm tasting the Act 2 right now... What, um, how do you know it's Act 2? I, I thought we were... we. Oh, okay. okay, all right. This is Act 2. All right, so, the act two. so this is Act Two. Sorry, Bob, I didn't mean to ruin the segment. Um, but Act Two is honestly, it's it's a pretty like typical popcorn. It feels like like there's a little bit of butter, a little bit of salt. It's it it's gonna be a fairly rated for me right now. I'm so happy you said that. Thank you. Mostly <laughs> because I think one of my fears as I eat a microwave popcorn. Because we know it's going to be a little bit different than what you get at the movie theater, right? Which is upsetting. It is. I think movie theater popcorn is just because of the way they make it in the whatever vessel that they make it in. It's naturally going to be buttered and salted, and it's going to have that that movie theater taste. It's going to be extra buttery, and that's not a bad thing for the record. But no, and th- and that's why you see on these microwave popcorn boxes, you know, movie theater taste, because that's what people are looking for. In fact, I would be willing to say that most people are looking for that movie theater taste at home so that they can try to recreate that. That yes. just means <clears throat> excellent word, recreating. Like I think all uh microwave popcorn is really like you said trying to recreate that movie yeah. theater experience. Well, and that's just it. People want that that moment, right? That They love it. 
it, it's an iconic thing because if you see a really good film and you got some really good popcorn, it equates to a really good experience. Right. And you want that when you're at home watching some whatever movie on Netflix because even if the movie's terrible, you've got some great corn with you. Can I tell you a quick story, Josh? Please. This relates to what you're saying. So uh, when uh, Ashley's sisters were, were younger, Ashley's my wife, for those of you that don't know, but we would have them over sometimes and uh, we'd watch a movie and I would make popcorn um for the movie all i did video (laughs) all i did was you know i i took some butter and i melted it in a cup and i just poured it on the microwave popcorn but from like when they were little they they referred to it as like like tim's special popcorn you know that kind of like oh and you're cheating a liar sure but that's fine you know like to a kid like that's like Oh my god, this is better than microwave, you know, like oh there's extra butter on there and like they didn't know. But like they referred to it as like Tim's special popcorn. Like there's there's even if you doctor this popcorn up a little, uh it, it's still a special thing for kids. I and I agree with that, right? So you're, sorry, Josh. No, go ahead. No, 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 this is this is rated fairly. I get the salt in every bite. Yep. And my biggest fear with popcorn is that I'm gonna take a bite and it's gonna be bland. And it's going to be, I don't know, just kind of flavorless chew. This has flavor. I don't think it's over the top, so I can't say it's underrated. I'm going to give it a rated fairly. Is it because you think there's even amounts of salt and butter here? I do. It's not like I taste it and go, whoa, I got to keep eating. It's popcorn. Think about it, right? The thing is you you subtly want to keep eating. Exactly. I can keep eating with this. It's not like this is taking over for the movie itself. So rated fairly. Yeah. I'm going to agree with you guys on that. Um, the The thing this has going for it, this act two, is the balance. And like Tim, and I, I, I know I kind of poked a little jab at you there, but. How dare you? Well, I try. But. Fair. You, you know, you're not wrong. This is, this is so uh, kind of baseline that it's good on its own. But if you added a little butter to this, you could actually kind of be like a movie hero. Yeah. You know? And I'm almost convinced that a lot of the AMC theaters just pop this and throw some melted butter and shit on it because it's if the I quality of the pop's good. If I hadn't seen the popcorn being popped like at the theater, like I would I yeah. would agree with that. Well, but listen, here's the knows? thing. It's not soggy, it's not over like over pop. Like this is a good texture popcorn. It's fine. You want to add a little more to it? Great. You, you don't want so much butter, it's great. Like Josh said, I'm not. I don't need that next handful. But if I'm watching my favorite comedy, if I'm watching Beverly Hills Ninja, and I'm and I'm chuckling at the 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 buffoonery of of uh, the Farley, uh, yeah, you know, I want to keep going with it. Yeah, I rated fairly. Absolutely. Um, so we all agree on the rated fairly on the definitely. Act too. Josh, you got a fairly. corn craving. Jo- Josh is over, t- <laughs> folks. I don't know if you know this, but we take turns writing each episode, <laughs> and this is my turn. Josh has just tore open the next bag of popcorn and assumed the sale. He was ready this, for of it. Of this Uncle John Snack Shack segment. Yeah, Uncle John, uh, you know, I don't I'm know what he's saying. All right, well, you go, go ahead and pour it there then, Josh. What, what do we got here, Josh? What is this one? Since this I've already the, uh, ruined the surprise. The Oroville Redenbacher. That's fine. That's fine. I was, first I was... thought, you can, t- you can already feel the butter on this with your fingers. <laughs> go ahead, just feel it. Feel it. Go ahead and take a mantis claw of that. I got it. Got the mantis. 
what is the appropriate because you mentioned the mantis claw right what's the other prominent ways to eat your popcorn because i mm. i always like the handful right because you, you know my mom used to always do when we were kids not this is something i this is something that my mom did that was really cool i don't know if anybody else has ever done this you can do it with microwave popcorn but she would do it much more with like um you know your your popcorn machine popcorn your homemade kernel pops she would always take I'm, i'll show you guys this here maybe you can help me explain this to the audience you see how there's always one big pop in the middle yeah my mom would always take these pieces and save them in her hand while eating the rest that that ain't right hang on and when she would get like 20 of them she'd pop them into their mouth and that piece is a little into her mouth and that piece is a little more chewy it doesn't do it so well with microwave popcorn but if you do it with like a um an actual popcorn it's kind of cool Bob, I love your mother very much. <laughs> you, like, eat, one of my favorite people of all time. Well, I appreciate that, and I'm sure she does. But eat popcorn with her before you say anything about this. All right. Okay. I'll hold off. Anyways. So, <laughs> rating this as a popcorn itself, Orville Redenbacher, I'm not getting as much taste of the Act 2. I, I really you think there's less taste in this? I think so. There's more I, butter, I actually, I actually but less can't... salt. I actually disagree with you a lot on that. I do too. There's a lot more taste in this. My problem with this isn't the taste. It's a little bit the greasiness of the feel. I don't want popcorn leaving this on my hands. It's the smell. I agree with that this so much. This smell gets stuck in your beard. It gets stuck in your lips. I smell you, it in my hand. You, yeah. You can eat that whole bag of Act 2, go on with your day, and not smell and not notice anything. This you can have two pieces of, and all the rest of your day, and be like, ah, oh, what? Oh, no, I had the Orville Redenbacher, and it's that fake cheese smell. So, uh, Bob, right. I'm curious, like, being a teacher, right? Yeah. I've yeah. smelt this in the break room. Oh, my God. Hundreds yes. of times, right? It's that, like, oh, I know it's popcorn, but it's very, like, over-the-top pungent popcorn. The cheese, and for the amount of cheese you smell, I don't taste, what, where's it coming from? And listen, there's no cheese in this, but it's that cheese smell. It's that fake buttery smell, and it doesn't go away. And and that's what I wonder, right? Is that the kind of substitute butter flavoring? Mm -hmm. Because I'm not really convinced, and I'll have to take a this, look at You know these. what this is, Josh? Like, when you get Carnival or, like, Fair Popcorn, and you know it's been in a bag for so long, you eat it, and it's like, okay, it's, like, ingrained in my the corners of my mouth, my hand. But you expect it with that because it's been sitting in a bag for a while. When you're eating a quick microwave pop popcorn, it's kind of off-putting when you have a couple handfuls and you're like, I'm going to smell like this stale-ass fake cheese until I take a shower. It's, it's yep. also a little disappointing because I really like the taste of this. I don't know if it's worth smelling like this for the rest of my day. It's great on the tongue, right? Because when you taste it, it's salty, it's buttery. You're like, wow, mm. that's great. But you're absolutely right. It lingers. And where's it coming from? And when you smell the cup, it does have that cheesy smell. And I Almost just, like a bag of like Wise. You know, like how Wise tries to do their smart food brand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And nothing against Wise. Their chips are underrated. But their popcorn's really like, oh, just don't make it. It smells like you're opening a bag of that. I'm like, oh, it, it, the cheese smell in this is outrageous. And, and here's the thing, right? And I, I made this point uh, a few minutes ago, and I, I stand by it. 
When you're eating microwave popcorn, you want it to taste like the exact thing that you got at the movie theater. Sure. And I think at the movie theater, you don't walk away thinking, wow, I just had cheese corn. Yeah. You walk away thinking, I had movie theater quality popcorn. Yeah. And and this this doesn't seem like that, right? <sighs> well, it, it might taste like that. That's where I'm a little torn. It. We still have one to go, but this, if you... If, <laughs> If you ignore that smell, this does straight up taste like a, a batch of um, pretty solid movie theater popcorn. And that's the hard part. I disagree. You you don't like this at all, Tim. I Honestly, the first one was more movie theater-like to me. Because uh, no. it had both the salt and the butter. That. This one I just taste, and it's just like a little bit of each. It's not, it's not a lot. I... You're, Think about the movie well, theater corn, right? I am. Sometimes you, you, they have those dispensers, right, where you can pour oh. the butter on top of it. And sometimes well, it, that's makes, a treat. it makes <laughs> the corn a little soggy, right? And and that's what I get with this, right? I do like that. Because <laughs> you have those extra like, crunchy pieces. Drench it. Yeah. Oh, I will. Why not? Layer it. <laughs> yeah. This, to me, has the yeah. texture and the taste of it, but... In a way that the smell is overly lingering, so it's not quite perfect. But I think it has a better taste than the Act One. I I would agree with that for sure. Act Two, I believe. Act Two, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna give <laughs> the Orville a Act One has no flavor at all. And you know, after finishing my cup of it, I'm actually willing to look past the smell. I'm gonna give the Orville Redenbacher. Um, I, I'm willing to do. It. I'm gonna give it an underrated. That that actually t- me kind of tastes like a movie theater popcorn. I, I'm happy to to pop a bag of that and eat it. I'll just take a shower after. I'm willing to meet you in the middle, Bob, and say fairly rated, just because I do taste some salt and some butter. It's it's and it's well more well balanced than the Act Two, I think. I'm gonna give it a fairly rated, just because I really do think that, for what it's worth, it's a pretty tasty corn. You can't knock that. No, no, you can't. Oh, you can't knock the taste at all. Even though yeah, Tim I'm did. Yeah, I'm gonna rate it fairly. But I think here, here's the thing: when I've tasted this last corn, I think I'm gonna rechange uh, some of my ratings because don't rechange, just change. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. All I can say is Josh wants to rechange. I hate it. I like watching the puddles <laughs> gather rain. I like seeing Tim eat. Bob, uh, let's just move on. <laughs> yeah, that All wasn't right, going. Bob, what's the last one? Oh. Um, mm, I'm conflicted. This is a uh, folks. This is the pop secret. Whoa. All right. I didn't want to dive right into this, but he will anyway, but folks. I, but I will. This is the most underrated. Yeah, I'm gonna agree with you. Yeah, this is good. And it didn't take me long to recognize no. the difference. No, no, no hesitation here. <laughs> so here's the thing. When you look at some corn, it's nice to see the the yellowish corn that looks yeah. like it's been buttered. Because it makes you feel like you're gonna have that flavor coming mm. with it. But the the taste is great. There's no inconsistency. And when I smell it, well, it's, no. it or go ahead. Sorry, no, finish, and then I, I wanted to come back to that point you made. It smells like a movie theater. And yeah. if I'm trying to recreate that experience, that's all I want. It does. You're wrong in a good way. It does have inconsistencies, but the kind you want. 
every now and then you get a butter soaked piece in this. Uh-huh. I didn't get a butter soaked piece in the first two. And you're right. With the Orville, I took a couple handfuls and I was like, eh. if I close my eyes and imagine I'm at the theater, this is movie theater popcorn. I took a handful of this and I'm like, ooh, that's movie theater popcorn. Yeah, Bob, I agree with you. Like, I, I took a bite of this that's just leagues above the other ones. And there's not really anything bad to say about it. For no. a quick pop in the microwave, what the hell's wrong with this? It's got the uh, it's got the butter. It's got the salt aftertaste. It's everything I want in a popcorn. And it almost is layered. Like you were saying, you like the layering? They almost do I it do. somehow in the bag. Maybe that's the pop secret. <laughs> Maybe it is. It's very good, though. I'm yeah. going back for more. I think it's by and far. It, this is underrated by so much. And I don't know what people actually go out when it's time to get popcorn for their at-home movie nights and all that. Right. But I'd be a fool if I got Orville Redenbacher or... Uh, Act 2. Act 2. Oh. This is yeah so far above the rest yeah no yeah. i mean it absolutely is there's flavor in every taste like and, that and, I it, and, and i i honestly think that if you gave me a bag of this at the movies and we're like yeah this is we 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 made this here today and added maybe a little smidge of butter freshly made i'd have no problem believing that mm. i have to just give it a just give it a little stale taste and we'd be spot on that's good but yeah, I mean, here's the thing. So if we're looking back at it, to kind of bring this to a, to a close, and I told Tim this. We were talking earlier, and Tim goes, so what do you think, man? Like, what do you, just ahead, before we even pop these bags, yep. what do you think? And I said, listen, I said, I had Liz, my wife, pick these up earlier, and I said, I, I demanded, I, I, I asked her that. I, rec- I really needed the act to, and from there she could pick the rest. And she was able to find all these. She did a great job. But... I, I thought truly that I wanted to like Act 2 the most, and I thought I would be most surprised by Orville Redenbacher. Those are my predictions. I totally overlooked the pop secret. I thought I was going to find it inconsequential. It's an afterthought. Over, really? And you know what? I, I am a little embarrassed by that because pop secret is so far ahead of the other two that it's not even a question. So pop secret underrated. I'm going to give the... I'm actually going to give the Act 2 fairly rated, and I'm going to give the Orville Redenbacher a, a little bit of an overrated. Because you know what it is as good as Orville? It is, well, they kind of do this thing like, it's Orville Redenbacher. It's like, yeah, it's good, but that smell is still pissing me off a little bit. I have a much better popcorn here. I don't, gotta, I don't have a smell. You know what the thing is? Orville Redenbacher, I feel like, is going for that, like, old-fashioned, like, natural taste. That's not what we want. Yeah, and that's not natural. I could taste ch- cheese doodle in there. It, it's like a... I hate doodles. It's the fake butter smell, yeah. right? It's, like, overly dairy for not that much flavor. I feel like the Pop Secret gave us way more flavor with less actual smell. Yeah. And, hell, that might be fake butter, but it was by and far the closest thing that you get at the movie theater. And if you're looking for that experience, that's what you, that's what you want. Hmm. Like, I want to go, like, I almost want to bring these down to the girls. All of our wives are downstairs. Well, we have plenty of extra bags. Like, I want to see what they choose. Especially, like, while we're in our next segment to see, like, what, hmm. what, what they would say. Because Also, folks, the only bag that we've actually finished the whole bag of. Right. <laughs> There's a lot of Orville left. There's no pop secret left. 
Absolutely not. Very good. We all in agreement with that? Underrated. Oh, 100%. Go get yourself some pops. And you're okay with saying that the uh, Orville's over? Oh, yeah. And we think the Act 2 is just fine. It's fine. Yeah. Folks, this might be one of the first times we've ever come to a very quick and very easy consensus on any yeah. Uncle John's Snack Shack items. And here's the thing. I never expected this to be the, the Uncle John's Snack Shack where we all came together and... No. Like, popcorn to me is... Like, there's subtle differences, but when you have them back-to-back, -back, you got to take our word for it. Yeah. The pop secret, leagues ahead. And, and you, you really else. hit the nail on the head, Josh. When I bought this, I was like, hey, I'm really excited for the comedy show. Hey, we haven't done popcorn yet. I'll squeeze it in there somewhere. I, I don't... Up in, I'm 30, almost 32 years old. I've never had a preference of microwave popcorn in my life. And now I'm thinking to myself, if I... Have I been doing myself dirty this whole time? How many more movies would I have enjoyed if I had been buying Pop Secret right. instead of these other clown brands? I could watch a horrible movie with this and have a good night. Do you, I now have a favorite. Do you feel like the Orville Redenbacher is trying to be a little bit of the KFC? Yeah, and I hate it. I actually hate the it's Orville the more I stare at Like, it. Tim, take a look at the picture right there. Right? I know Bob can see it really nice, but take oh, a look. I he, see look it. he looks exactly like And they're trying. The, look at this bag. They're trying to make it like all like vintage brown, like oh old it's an timing. old timer. Only real ingredients. Yeah. Act two's got like the movie ticket on there, like, hey, we're the closest thing to it. Pop secret actually kinda bland. Like they don't care. Their, their bag doesn't give a shit. All they care about <laughs> is taste. But you know what? That's the pop secret. Mm -hmm. The secret is the flavor and that the that they're the best. Yeah. Well, what was the uh, price difference, Bob? Uh, you'd have to ask Liz. She was kind enough to get these ones she went out tonight. But she did say they were all like very comparable in price. I, I don't think it's much different. I can't imagine it's more than a dollar. Well, yeah. these were all in the uh, multi-pack, but you know these aren't going to run you much difference in price. Mm. That was kind of revealing. This is a great, great taste test. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm enjoying it. Sometimes, like... We we do the scatter shot. Other times we do three of the same brand and or three of the same food. But this is eye opening. Mm, yeah, like I mean, I was not expecting to to care this much about popcorn, and it's kind of funny how big the differences were. Yeah, you kind of think just like oh, it's just microwave popcorn. Not the case. You know, you could be watching a really bad comedian perform, and it might still give you a chuckle, which is a really great segment into our last segue. Se a great. Yes, yes. A, Paul a great segment. A great segue <laughs> into our next segment, which is surprise, surprise, rating surprise. I'm gonna ask you guys to go back to our our, our roots. We've been doing this for about a little over a half year now. Proud of you guys, man. Proud I like of you roots. Guys. And the roots always go back to overrated, underrated, or rated fairly. Absolutely. As you're enjoying the remnants of these leftover popcorns, I'm going to cut out the rated fairly for this one. I want you to give me two things here, guys. I want you to think about comedians. These could be stand-up comics. These could be comedy actors. They could be writers. They could be late-night show hosts. They could be, oh, I don't know, commercial actors, Any anything. Anything that's involved in acting or comedy. I want you to give me... An overrated comedian, and I want you to give me an underrated comedian. Give me a little reason why. All right. You ready, Josh? Do you want to start, Tim, or do you want me to? I could start. All right, go ahead. All right, I got Tim, a mouthful go of corn here. 
Same. <laughs> so, I thought we were doing all three. I did. I did an overrated. Well, you can. I'm not gonna cut you out. All right. So, I went straight up uh, comedians for this uh, segment. And fair. That's kind of I what did I the same. Okay. Good. I I think I did too. Uh, so, for and I feel like I have a really good uh, uh, understanding of which one's which on this one. Like I have very strong feelings on each one. Let's hear it. So underrated. Uh, do you want to do like? You just want me to give all mine. Uh, let's start with your overrated. All right. We're going over the show title. Overrated. We're gonna go with Dane Cook. Yeah, oh, I, I would agree yes. 100%. I don't need reasons, but for the listeners, give me your reasons. I agree with you. Now, don't get me wrong. <laughs> to pickles. <laughs> he is funny. No, he's not. <laughs> no. But, like, his his comedy is... Not comedy. Is based on things that, like... Uh, he's He's based on the swearing and the inappropriateness, and I feel like that's a sign of, like, a bad comedian. Okay. Uh... Again, I like Dane Cook. I listen to his stuff, and it's fine. But it is a hundred percent overrated. Um, I remember listening to him when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. I remember I downloaded him to my iPod, which Ugh. that might date me. <laughs> but here's the thing, Tim. I I completely agree with you. It was one of those things where he was over the top. He swore, and I. I don't know. If I had to go back and actually listen to what he was saying, I don't know if I'd still find it funny. You, you know what? I, even then, Josh, you were trying to fit in. Yep. I have one more point about him. And I've seen, like, you know, videos of him live. And here's what it really bugs me about him. He, he's almost, like, rushing every joke. Like, he's prowling about the stage. He's, he's like, overstimulated. It's frustrating. Mm-hmm. He might be on cocaine. I'm not sure. But either way, like, you see him just, like, moving about and about and trying to make, like, with his gestures and his movements, like, a bigger joke out of yeah. what it is. And and, and that's, that's kind of what tricks the people, I feel like. And it absolutely is what tricks the people. And that's what makes him an overrated comedian. He uses that to kind of make it, like... A bigger thing that it is, and and that's what I think about overrated. For we're him. in agreement again. Wow, this is a very tame cast in terms Docile. of sentiments. <laughs> not what I would have thought going into this. <laughs> no, not at all. Didn't think you were cooking that up. I see what you did. Yeah, it was one of Dane's own jokes. <laughs> <laughs> he was flailing, flailing his arms. So we're going over our overrateds right now. Uh-huh. Yeah, let's all go around doing over. Let's go in order, and we'll do one at a time and kind of keep it fresh. I'll go with my overrated here. Yeah. And well, that's a, good because well, that's, that's what we that's decided because that's on. That's the order, John. <laughs> Sorry, I was, <laughs> I was choking on some corn there. Here's the thing. I know that comedians need to have their own uh, niche when it comes to the comedian niche. scene. Niche, niche, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you're thinking Nickelodeon. Yeah, that's what I'm I've thinking. seen that. That's eh, not good. And you need to have a Agreed. gimmick, right? You need to mm-hmm. set yourself apart. But I'm telling you right now that uh, ventriloquists are not funny <laughs> and that Jeff Dunham is <laughs> overrated as could be. And here's the thing. I watched a little Jeff Dunham before I came because I remember <laughs> I remember at one point in my life, I actually thought he had some funny parts. And it was funny because I was watching with my wife and she thought 
that he was a little bit funny when it was just him. No puppets. He was actually talking. And to me, a stand Wait, wait. There's a point where Jeff Dunham was just talking. It's always in the beginning of his shows, right? Before he brings out the puppet. Oh, I thought you meant he did like a full show of just oh, talking. Oh, no, 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 no. So he's just talking and she's, she said, oh, that was kind of funny. I was like, oh, yeah, I guess it was kind of funny. But the second he takes out the dolls or the ventriloquist or whatever the hell you want to call it. Oh, they're the dolls. He the is dumb, the ventriloquist. Right. It, it It's all downhill, right? It's grumpy old man. It's over. It is not grumpy old men, though. I just want to say that because in terms of humor, that's like underrated comedy. Just wanted to clarify. Fair enough. <laughs> I just think it's a bit, right? Yeah. He's going yeah. through. These are jokes that you'd find on the internet. Yeah. The internet. Josh, our 85-year-old <laughs> co-host. <laughs> Uh, they're almost meme-like, Josh, actually. Well, and, and that's what I'm trying if to get If someone Bob, were going to take real bad memes and put them into a two-hour stand-up comedy, it'd be, it'd be Jeff. Dunham. If I was looking for a joke to tell my classroom every single morning, it would be the material that yeah. Jeff Donham puts out there. And it, somehow he stretches it into a show. And, and it, yeah, sure, it's a gimmick. Oh, a monkey's saying it. Very cool. Yeah. It's, yeah. Monkeys it, are funny, Josh. Not they're, really. Eh, I'm with Josh on this. No, they're not. And... All of them tend Fair. to have his same voice, and I get it. You're a ventriloquist. Yeah. There's not only so much you can do. And may, again, I'm not, I'm not, not, I'm not trying to take away from his uh, ability because I can't. I, I'm not a ventriloquist dummy here. But he, Josh, okay, it's, uh, okay. You so, know who looks like a ventriloquist is Joey Biden. Yeah. You never <laughs> hang out with Joey. Now, Bob, we don't go into politics. Listen, you, never, you don't want to hang out with Joey at a comedy show. Never ever, but still, you never ever do what? <laughs> you never ever hang out with Joey at a comedian <laughs> show. But all I'm saying, we don't get into politics. Well, we uh -oh. don't. But you, but you never, hang out with you Joey. never hang out with Joey ever, ever. <laughs> but so, Josh, there's the ventriloquist and the dummy. They're two Number separate where? things. No, they're not. No, yeah, Are it's you the ventriloquist. Jeff Dunham the dummy and then the doll. Well, In this case, I am. Here's the confusion. <laughs> All right, Bob, go ahead. <laughs> well, I kind of wanted to see where you're going with this. Yeah, go for All it. All I'm saying is the ventriloquist is the guy, the dummy is the dummy. Okay. It's yeah, a ventriloquist two different things. doll. And then the dummy is me for watching an hour long stand up comedy special because of watching. Screw it. I've Jeff Dunham. Yeah, I, I, I see much. your point, Josh, and it was a good point, despite your butchering well, of it. You know, Josh, I, I appreciate you doing that because I, I, I took the approach you guys did too with stand-up comedy, but I actually hate ventriloquists so much that I forgot. I'm glad you brought them into this. Happy to do so. My most, my, uh, my overrated comedy comedian pick is uh, is Jim Gaffigan. Oh, thank you for saying I, that. I don't like Jim Gaffigan, and I've always wanted to like Jim Gaffigan. There's something Jim Gaffigan does that just pisses me off. Like, every every time he's almost getting to a joke I kind of like, he does, like, this lisp where he's like, oh, it's like, and, and he, like, whispers, and it's like, and, and that's when the people start cracking up. I'm like, that's not a joke. He's just saying it in a what he thinks funny voice, which is just a whisper lisp. Again, it, it kind of goes back to what you guys were saying, like with the Dane Cook and the and the, uh, the the ventriloquist stuff. It's a shtick that people have accepted like, oh, we better laugh here. Right. But if you actually are a free thinker and someone who likes comedy, it's not comedy. It's a man taking a very surface level joke and 
just repeating it in a way where you're like, oh, <laughs> he did it with the lisp and whisper. Now it's funny. No, wasn't funny before. It actually is less funny now. I I completely agree with that. You you take a look at all of these. Uh, hey. you, you know when the, in a comedy special when they pan out over yeah. the audience and you see these people that are like borderline oh. crying. It's like, was the that guys really in the that front funny? row? <laughs> oh, you listened to the CD last night with the same joke on it. It's really still that funny to you? Too much. Yeah. Well, Bob. And, and that's kind of my, before we, sorry, Tim, I didn't mean to interrupt. That's kind of my thing with stand-up comedy, even more so than regular comedy, has to be funny for me. Because I kind of have a little bit of a bias against stand-up comedy. I think that stand-up comedy has the worst fans of anything in the world. I don't know any other job where you can have people come to it and just do what you say at the snap of a finger. Those people have heard those jokes typically on the recorded CD before, or Spotify cast, whatever now. They know what they're... They, it's like they just laugh... It's like at a golf show when they hold up the applause sign. Yep. And, and for sometimes for me, stand-up comedy is so hard to digest because of that. Because I hear the people laughing. I'm like, am I missing something? And then a light switch flicks. And it's like, no, I'm not missing something. I just was stupid and nobody should be laughing. Well, I and I don't mean to you know steal the thunder here. But no, like, no, go ahead. Have you ever seen the Redneck Comedy Tour with, uh, you know. <laughs> oh, I, I used to be a big fan of it. Larry the Cable, cable Guy. Yeah, all those guys, right? Yeah, it's it's one of those things where people have heard these four comedians time and time and time again. They know exactly when to laugh. They know the jokes. They know the tater salads. And here's the thing. Tater top. <laughs> Ron's the best. Anyway, the point is this. They've heard it so many times. They know the jokes that they want to laugh at. And if you are hearing it for the first time, you're just like, why is like if you don't find it funny and everyone else is laughing, you're just like, yeah, I guess they're just fans. Yeah, it's it's kind of this stand up comedy to me has always been an art form that I I didn't really understand because there's like these unspoken rules like you got to be quiet during it. You got to laugh. It's like you go to a concert, you don't have to do shit. You can talk during it. You can boo the people. You can heckle them and they'll handle it. Like, at a comedy show, it's just, like, this big thing. It's, like, the guy up there is trying to be funny and, like, oh, well, you know, it's one time. But meanwhile, it's, like, you can't act out of sorts there. And you got to laugh when you're supposed to laugh. I don't like it. Um, so that's why, for a stand-up comedy, for me, it has to really hit the spot. You guys are completely wrong. About comedy? About com- stand-up comedians. Well, give, give, let me, give, uh, let me get your most rated... Let me get your most... Overrated. Let me get your most underrated com- comedian right here, Tim. Well, first we got to do uh, rated fairly. Well, no. Overrated, underrated, or rated fairly. You give me your underrated. My underrated comedian is Mitch Hedberg. Don't even know who he is. The late, God rest his soul. The late Mitch Hedberg. Uh, so Mitch Hedberg is a guy who, who kind of like went on stage, and he had a, a style where it was just like, very uh, late sixties hippie era type of. Was he an older fella? No, no, he he was probably like thirties at, at most of his recordings, I would say. Wow. Um, and he was kind of like the guy that just it, he had a comedy style where it just sounded like he was saying what was on his mind, you know. Okay. Where I can appreciate that. He would go, and 
Bob, you got to listen to some Mitch Hedberg because you would really like him, I think. His okay. delivery was so unique. Right. It, okay. it was It was one. And I think that might be why he's under uh, underrated is because he's so unique in his delivery. Yeah. Like, you, you hear. Delivery is un- a very underrated piece of comedy in general. Yeah. So you hear most comedians, they'll go about and they'll tell a, a long story that ends with a typical punchline, you know? Sure. And like not not necessarily like a typical punchline, but a punchline in general. Yeah. Um whereas Mitch Hedberg, every single line is a a joke. Yeah. Pretty much. So like it's it's very punny, like Josh enjoys too. Always. Like, he'll go through with the with the puns, but he'll also hit you with something that like Really makes you kind of like, slaps you in the face. Yeah, it like makes you think hard. Yeah. And then like, what I love about it is like, he'll say something real freaking clever, and then like you hear the pause in the audience, and then like a few people laughing, and then like everybody laughing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it kind of like a trickle down. Like oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. As as he yeah. really did. Yeah. yeah. Like, and I can't think of any of his jokes right now because I've had even bought <laughs> a few, but um. Seriously, uh, he is he is a late comedian, so you'll have to take a look at some of his stuff. But I mean, it was like the early two thousands. I remember Comedy Central used to do that. Uh, it was like a half hour. The name's special. familiar to me. I, I I'm not placing the the. He face had long, right like hair. He Shout did. out and, to the Jeej. <laughs> oh, I. Funny you say that. I I actually know exactly who you're talking about right now. Yep. So yeah. he would even do comedy with like a baseline going behind. Yeah, him. like right. it's an interesting type of comedy that I believe truly in my heart that no one has ever replicated, and and that's huge too. Mm-hmm. Uh, duplication is so easy in any art form, especially yep. I feel comedy. And again, I'm not trying to break into a genre I know nothing about. I, I give stand up com, I criticize the audience, but I give the art of stand up comedy a, a huge amount of respect because i could never do it right Uh, i consider myself a a performer and even our profession josh we to an extent perform a little bit every day for sure but being able to put yourself out there with uh something that you deem is funny and be willing to try to uh communicate that to people with with taking the risk of failing is uh it takes a lot of balls and it's it's something i have a lot of respect for even in bad comedians and with that type of comedy there is a lot of risk i sure like you know sure like and I, I know I'm going on and on about him, and this is my last point, but Mitch Hedberg, what, like, I've seen interviews with him. He's a very, like, nervous guy. Like he, That's kind of the charm <laughs> of a lot of yeah. comedians, though. And, and it works to his advantage in his comedy routine because, like, you, you see, like, the things he's saying, and, like, he won't relate to an audience at some points and it's just like it doesn't go well for him yeah yeah but like if he relates to the audience and he like kind of like gets comfortable you know like he, he rides gets, that he thing that vibe. Mm-hmm. he gets yeah. the vibe and he's fine you know he knows like how to work a room right yeah whereas like sometimes he doesn't and like i've heard comedies that don't go over well with him like like uh show comedy shows sorry that don't go over well with him I mean, I think they're hilarious, but like, it doesn't last as long, you know. Sure, like, sure. As far as like an audience that's super reactive, that's sure. like, oh my, uh, yeah, I get it, you know. Sure. But very underrated comedian. I I suggest anybody looks into him. Yeah, I'll piggyback off of that. Um, 
you know, as you were talking about this, I, I was reminded of someone else, and I'm actually going to choose him as my underrated pick. Ooh, but, a, a mid-section switch. Yeah. Well, wow. I'm, I'm, I'm going to mention my original wow, one. Wow, Wilson. <laughs> if you've never seen Tom Segura, um, <laughs> I think he is one of the funniest guys I've ever seen. He looks like Tim if he grew out his beard and had a little bit more hair. I've gotten this so many times, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I, I've never heard that before, but I, I love Tom Segura. He's, he's a great comedian. But as Tim was talking about the late comedians, I was thinking about Ralphie Mae. Do you guys remember him? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. He, was a, he was a little bit overweight, but I just think... Clean, he, too. Clean. Very clean. clean. You've got to appreciate a comedian with clean jokes that can really make you laugh. Yep. Well, and I think about the overweight comedians, and I was always a big John Candy and Chris Farley fan. Oh, my but, God, um, the greats. The greats, and I think it's hard to replicate what they did. And I think... And actually impossible, I'd say. Very. Replicate. And I, I look yeah. at people like uh, Gabriel Iglesias, who I, I've seen in person. Fluffy? <laughs> Fluffy. I actually have a picture with Fluffy. Um, Ashley autograph. will literally choke you out. She hates Fluffy. So Really? I, she for, hates him. I, I got a great pick. I got to give Fluffy a little love here because I waited after a show, and this guy was the nicest guy. Where'd you see him? I saw him at the Oakdale in Connecticut. Okay, yeah. And he said... The Jokedale. He said at the end of his show, he's like, listen, I I know people always love love pictures here, but I hired a photographer. I'm going to post all this on MySpace, if that tells you how long ago this was. And do not, you know, take out your phones and stuff. I have a professional photographer, and he's going to post it all, and you can go to my MySpace later, and you can grab your picture, right? And I'll tell you, this guy— Can I, Sorry, Josh. Oh, go for it. Real quick. I appreciate that, too. I like a comedian who can connect with the audience. Mm-hmm. A lot of times they'll say, you know, no flash photography because we're filming. That's handled real well. Oh, yeah. I like any sort of performance when they're like, hey, guys, listen, this has got to happen, but they offer you an alternative. And that's cool. He's not being a dick like, hey, listen, turn off the phone. You're out of your asshole. It's like, no, dude. Yeah. Like, you know, we're going to offer you an alternative. Like, that's pretty cool. I mean, the guy must have taken like 500 pictures yeah. that night. And while I was at the end of the line, he still was a very nice guy. Yeah. And very thanks for showing up. And you could, you could look him in the eyes. and Sincere. And he meant that. So I really appreciated that. But I guess my bigger point is like, the, the role of a very large, overweight comedian is a hard one. To, it, they're hard shoes to step into because you sure. know who came before you. And I think Ralphie yeah. May just did such a nice job of balancing his unique style of comedy that was differentiated between... You know, it's not a John Candy. It's not a, no. it's not a Chris but, Farley. But nor was he trying to exactly. be. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's underrated. I think he needs to be appreciated. So, yeah. God bless both John Candy. Oh, and, oh, yeah. oh my God! Yeah. The the uh, the poker king of the Midwest, poker, yeah, yeah. poker. <laughs> what do you, what do you got for underrated, Bob? Uh, my underrated comedian of all time is my favorite comedian of all time, and and that's the that's Ron White. Ron White <laughs> gets lumped into the blue collar comedy tour, and that's fine. I I think actually the blue collar comedy tour served its purpose. Here's the thing: want a couple of jokes? Uh, you know what to expect. Oh, here's your sign. You might be a redneck. Get her done. Whatever. Ron White fit in there, but he never quite fit in there. And here's what I like about Ron White. There's not a lot of try in that man. He nope. comes out, and he's not a dang cook. He's no, not doing a no. fucking... You're going to have to bleep that out. He's not doing a backflip off the stool. He He's not doing a... Uh, he's so pale. He's not doing a stupid voice. Ron White comes out blitzed 
blundered, if you will, blunderstruck <laughs> with, a, with a cigar in his hand, a, a a glass of scotch. He looks, he looks like he's aged twenty years. Every two years, he does a new comedy special. That's true. And, and you look at the man, you're like, this is gonna be the one where he's just gonna. And you, he starts talking, and you're like, he's he's better than ever. The thing about Ron White too is you never know where he's gonna go. Mm-hmm. And I like a lot of unpredictability in my comedy. He's got a lot of like nice, really quick ones. Every now and then he'll do like a quick, like little throwback punchline on you. But the the nice thing about Ron White is he gets a little dirty sometimes. But sometimes he does these long, elaborate jokes, and I really appreciate the fact that like while you're drinking at home, laughing at him, he's also getting drunk during his stand-up, and he'll be about to finish a punchline, and he'll just start cackling to himself. Like, there's so much sincerity in the way he presents his his comedy. And at the same time, you could tell in his mind, he's like, I don't give a shit if this doesn't work. Yeah, and you know, the at the end, he always, like, kind of ties it he, back He always together, has yeah. a tie back to the beginning of the show. Tater salad. Yeah. Curb your enthusiasm. They, yes. they always have a tie back. And, yeah, I'd agree with that, Bob. And he's hysterical. And he, he it's like you guys said with the originality... He's truly an original. He's not trying to fit a mold. He comes out, and and his ability to connect with the audience is uh, is also incredible. Love it. I can't I, agree I with you more. The ability c- to connect with the audience is key, and I think the key to the key of that is you have to come off like you don't care. Well, you he, he also like with with all these comedians we're saying as the underrated. Uh, you know, I'm not as familiar with the guys you brought. Up. I know some of their material, um, you know. But here's the thing with Ron White, like you can tell those laughs are genuine laughs from the audience. Definitely, like, it's not like you're you're Dan Cook. Like, oh. Uh, he just did a, a somersault, so I'm supposed to laugh. It's like he waved his arms yeah, real yeah. vigorously. Yeah, yeah. It's like that was that was actually hysterical. Like I, I got to laugh. So it's Ron White. You know, going back to Dane Cook. Now that you bring him up, like he, he vigorously like tries to do uh, motions. Yeah, it's for sure. vigorous, and yeah, it's yeah. like it's almost like he's trying to like. Come on, this is funny. This is funny. Yeah. Like he's yeah. waving, and if you can't see me, I'm waving my arms. He's waving his arms. Yeah. You know, like he's like, this is hilarious. You gotta laugh, and everybody does. But like, yeah, you know, you don't need to do that but if then you're you a go good home comedian. And you're like, well, what was really funny? He waved his arms. Like he just had what he, he had. Looked like a, funny. Yeah, it, it yeah. Looked. I, I thought I was supposed to. You know. Yeah, I but hear you. Let, let's let's go with the um, let's go with the fairly rated comedians. You know, we've we've kind of done our our extreme yeah. picks. Who would you say is just your nice? You know what? New specials on Netflix. I'm going to give it a watch, and I know exactly what I'm getting from it. All right. I got you on this, Bob. Yeah, give me give me it. Burt Kreishner. Yeah. Hate it. Really? Oh, we got a little contention here. <laughs> I was looking to wrap up All the right. show, but All I right, hate Tim, that Tim, pick. go ahead. You explain, then Josh, put on the boxing gloves. All right, Josh. His jokes are great. They're, they're uh. excellent. But what takes away from his jokes that makes him fairly rated, that actually negates the funny of the amazing jokes that he does, is his his bare chest, and he takes his shirt off. Like, he doesn't need to do that, you know? And that kind of pisses me off a little bit, but the amount that that pisses me off is the amount that I really like his jokes that he does. I like the way that he talks about, like, his family and everything. He's, like, kind of a family guy as a comedian. That's hard to do. 
And he's <laughs> honestly like his jokes are great, but his again, the it's the uh the pr- presentation of the jokes with the shirt off like I, I, it doesn't do it for me that aspect of it. But that's Just what sexually you like that part. Sexually, it. yes. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Oh Josh, Josh is no, taking his no. whole shirt off. He's proving a very explicit point here. And I am hate I it. funnier, Tim? <laughs> now that I have a bare chest in front of you. No, that was my point. Is that that's not the funny part? I'm just saying. It's this just is a little more uncomfortable. This is, I hate it. This is Bert Kreischer's thing. That's he, the second time tonight that Josh made a really good point that we weren't expecting. Oh him my to gosh! Make. I don't have a shirt on. Do you oh. want my ducks um, hoodie? No, I'm I'll trying to, to prove you. a point. <laughs> this is his stand-up special. Look at me on Netflix. Oh, I don't have a shirt on. Yeah. I must be freaking hilarious. I, I'm, I'm actually going to go with Josh on this, Tim. I don't I don't think I have as much of a problem as Josh does with him. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm but, trying to prove a point. But I, I, I don't <laughs> really. Good, I, I, do, I do think he's overrated. Leave I watched, it off. I Leave watched it one off. of his stand-ups. I thought it was... I thought it was very forced, and then when I see the shirt off, I'm like, "If you were, if you were content with your jokes, why are you taking the shirt off? You wouldn't need to. It's self-deprecating. Well, that's that's my point. I well, I don't like it. it I don't like it. But it's it. also my point. My point is like, he would be fine just doing the jokes, uh, and that's why it's fairly rated. Like, I do like his jokes. I enjoy them. I do laugh, and like, but. That does take away from it is that he took his uh, shirt off. I don't off. know like, if there's much to take away from, but I think it just makes it worse. I don't know. I, I think, like I said, there's negative and there's positive, and that's why I rated him fair. Or like Josh and I say, there's negative and there's negative. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Listen, right. Yes. Every comedian needs a gimmick. And that's sure. not the one you want. And I just think that when, you're, when the cover of your Netflix special yeah, is, you have your shirt off. I agree. It just it, it speaks to a certain audience, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I just don't necessarily look at it as a rated fairly thing. I, yeah. I look at that as a little bit overrated. It's, it's forced, and it's like saying, like, hey, hey, look, uh, I got the dad bod, I'm fat, my shape, I'm drinking whiskey. Like, you're really going to like this. And then it's like, well, it's and, funny, but it's not that funny. And you're like, waiting for it, right? You're, well, it's you're rated fairly. It. He, it's not rated fairly. It's Honestly, Tim, he's doing a lot of the same tactics as the Dane Cook. Well, he's waiting for a right moment. Not even moment. that. No? No. I think his only antic is taking the shirt off. That's his only mm-hmm. antic. He doesn't wave his you arms his around. Jo- he doesn't flip around the stage like an idiot. You think his like jokes are okay? I think his jokes are fine. Mm. Fair enough. <clears throat> I, I will Fair. give you that. Because I agree with you that a lot of his material is good. I just it's find, funny storytelling. It's not hilarious. I just find the gimmick... like. Some of some of uh, what is it? Jeff Dunham's jokes are fine. I just oh, I, not hate, this, not I this. hate the gimmick, and I can't get past the gimmick. Yeah, I might have a little bit of a pity laugh every now and then. Why is Josh shirtless <laughs> in this studio? You think Josh Dunham's puppets ever get a Woody for him? <laughs> Josh Dunham? <laughs> Did I say that? Yeah. Oh no, folks! We gotta wrap this up real soon. Yeah, this is getting real bad. We are almost at an hour and fifteen minutes. So we (laughs) have to. All right, Josh, your most fairly rated comedian. Please tell me it's not Bert. It's Jerry Seinfeld. I jury, jury. Uh, He is. He's a legend. Charles Barkley. Every time I see Charles, every time I see he has a new stand-up special, I have to watch it. I just find it it's the same level of uh, comedy that you'd find on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Obviously, there's a lot of connections there. 
I just find it to be uh, refreshing and uh, just naturally comedic. So I love it. He's not as funny as Larry David. No, he's not. But I do think that in terms of... He's less of a dick, though. And don't get me wrong. I I love Larry David. But there's something satisfying about watching Seinfeld. He's enough of a dick where you're like, all right. But like... Larry David's almost painful to watch after a while. It's just like, all right, you're a successful, rich guy who people love. Stop being a stop being a dickhead. Whereas Seinfeld's like, yeah. all right, you're kind of a dick, but you're also a little bit endearing. Yes. Jerry's got the the, the charm. I just yeah. think he's rated yeah. fairly. Bob, what do you think? I was actually going to pick that, but I'm glad you did because I have a couple others I want to bring into the running. And then we'll just move on. I'm listening. One... I, I don't think that there's anybody more fairly rated than Aziz. You see an Aziz special, you're gonna ah, no. you're gonna wa- <laughs> I don't agree with that either. Okay, Overrated. Well, Continue, well, we thought Bob. we were done, but go ahead. No, no, I'm I'm listening to your fairly Aziz rated Aziz makes me laugh because Aziz could be sitting on a stool telling a joke, and then he could pull a Dane Cook and be doing flips around the stage. But the the special gift that Aziz has is the ability to tie in pop culture um emotion aziz is able to connect with a younger generation and it's really hard for me to not like it's kind of a little bit of that observationist humor that i really like that aziz does well i don't think he's underrated by any standards i don't think he's necessarily overrated if i see an aziz special i know what i'm gonna get out of it i laugh i move on with my life and i think that there's something to be said about that. I enjoy Aziz. I think I actually think right now he is the pinnacle of stand-up comedians to 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 kind of set the bar. All right, to prove you wrong. Okay. <laughs> He's very much like Jim Gaffigan, who you over oh. who you overrated. And it's that voice. He goes into that like top pitched whiny yeah. vo- <laughs> whiny voice, no. right? No. And like people love it. But like that's the gimmick, you know. Like you, you uh, like the gimmick as opposed to that you don't like the gimmick of Jim Gaffigan. But Jim Gaffigan does it every joke. Aziz, Aziz, Aziz does Aziz, kind of do it. No, Aziz waits for the perfect moment. Ah, he's got better timing. Okay, I'll but accept that. I also that. think he relies on the gimmick itself. He does go into this kind of like, well, what's the big deal? It's the, the higher pitch. But the thing is, he's a, okay. Agreed. But the thing is, Aziz knows that, and Aziz will admit that to you, where Jim Gaffigan almost walks out like, I'm the best comedian. Like, Jim Gaffigan is not self-aware of that. Hot pocket. Yeah, I hate it. And and then, okay, I see what you're going to say. I I have to kind of give the tie to, and then we'll just end it. I know we've been saying that for an hour now. I think Louis Black is fairly rated, too. Very agree with that. Very, Very fairly much. rated. Yeah, sure. I love that he shouts about shit, and I love that he gets pissed, but you listen to him, you're like, this grumpy old man is just a great, great guy. Yep. He is. And he, he kind of does what Ron White does at the end of his shows with many of his jokes. Like, he'll backtrack, yeah. and he'll be like, that was really good. Mm-hmm. And you know, again, you know what you're getting into. A good tie-in. Yeah. If you're ready to hear a guy go on and just rant and scream and be angry and stressed and anxious about stuff, which I feel like I am more than I think I am, then you watch yourself some some Lewis Black, and it's good. Agreed. It's good. Not Lewis C.K., but we won't no, get into that. No, no, no. Mm. I won't take the bait. All right, guys. Well, <laughs> we are uh, 
We are officially an hour and 20 minutes in. I do feel the need to wrap this up. So uh, any uh, any last thoughts on this uh, cast? I wish you would wrap up your top half. <laughs> He's half naked, Oh, my Bob. God. Enough with the titty dance. <laughs> I hate it. This is why we need video. No, it's not. This is why this we is don't This is why need. the listeners never want to see a video. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I thought this was one of our better casts. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'll be. We, we made, a, you know, it's funny because we just, the, yeah, it was a good cast. We're, we're trying, guys. We got a whole year ahead of us, and we've done so many uh so far too We're, much partial nudity already too though. much partial nudity this year more than we <laughs> expected tonight i'll say that yeah but here's the thing we're trying to get a little more obscure with some of these themes because we can't just keep doing these blatant ones and this comedy route kind of went uh, it was a fun thing i think we had some good discussions great we were kind of on the same page for a while and the comedians uh, tore us apart a little bit yep it did and i've got one last question for you too sure what would fibber the lion think about this i think fibber the lion <laughs> I think Fibber the Lion has no fans, and I think that he really likes the idea of prescribed <laughs>, laughs, and I hate him for it. Uh, you know, that's Fibber for you. He can't even look me in the eye since I took off my shirt. I find it flattering. Well, so. I'm having a hard time doing the same, job, <laughs> so you can't blame yeah. the Fibber for this. To be fair. <laughs> fair enough. Well, folks, we appreciate you laughing along or rolling your eyes along with the comedy cast. We had a great time. Oh, I did. And uh, we'll see you next week on another edition of The Overrated underrated or rated fairly put a shirt on josh <laughs> oh what the hell's that <laughs> <laughs> overrated underrated or rated fairly